Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Velocity Church Podcast. We love to hear about life change in our church. So if you have a story about how Velocity has made a difference in your life, send us an email at amen at findvelocity.org. Now sit back and enjoy today's message. I'm born and raised in Canada, and uh, sometimes people ask me which part, and I tell them my whole body. Um, <laughs> not funny. Um, but I married a girl from Ohio, and she won. That's where we're at. We started a church uh, over 16 years ago. We have four kids. My kids are 19, 16, 10, and 9. I know that's weird names, but that's what we picked. And um, so my three oldest are girls, Brooklyn, Jalen, Eliana, and my youngest uh, is my little miracle man, uh, Micaiah Solomon. We, we really didn't plan uh, but we know he was in God's plan, and so very thankful for my little man, uh, our four blessings. And it's hard to believe, this is my birthday month, I'm going to turn 46, uh, June 14th, and it's, it's unbelievable, we're almost halfway through the year. Uh, I just had a guy the other day that told me uh, that his goal for this year was to lose 20 pounds, uh, and he told me he only has 30 pounds to go. Uh, <laughs> That's my kind of guy. Uh, let's go to Legends and get some of those little donuts or whatever. Man, like little communion donuts. Have you had those donuts yet? Pastor Justin took me to some place that has like these little donuts. You can put Nutella on it or cinnamon sugar. It's amazing. Uh, this, yes, anyway. Um, I want to share with you some uh, what, what are like church bloopers, church like programs, handouts, uh, information, I think even church signs, I don't know if we like pick people that grammatically are like in need of God or I don't know. Um, it's not always a good thing. I haven't changed these. I haven't adjusted these. I just want to share some of them with you. These are, these are like church mistakes, church bloopers. How many, how many of you know there is no perfect church? You know that, right? I've heard people say before, Pastor Micah, we're just looking for the perfect church. We're just looking for the right church, the right fit. Perfect church is called heaven. <laughs> Perfect church is heaven. While we're here, uh, he's still working on all of us. He's working on me. He's working on you. He's working on all of us to try to be the best Christian, the best Christ follower we can be. There is no perfect church here. Uh, so stop searching for it and just be part of God's plan A, the local church, and you do your best to, to bring your part. Uh, so it's, it's, uh, I want to challenge you. These are just some reminders. These are some reminders uh, that churches make mistakes. Number one, National Prayer and Fasting Conference, the cost for attending the fasting and prayer conference. <laughs> How many of you are like, if I'm going to a fasting conference, I'm going to this one. Uh, this is the, I'm going to that one where I can eat. Uh, the sermon this morning, Jesus walks on the water. <laughs> Number three, ladies, don't forget the rummage sale. It's a chance to get rid of the things not worth keeping around the house. <laughs> Number four, don't let worry kill you. <laughs> let the church help. Our opening cantata song is...
<laughs> Moving on. At the evening service tonight, the sermon topic will be, what is hell? Number seven, Tuesday at 4 p.m., there'll be an ice cream social. I didn't write these. <laughs> On Sunday, a special collection will be taken to defray the expense of the new carpet. All those wishing to do something on the new carpet. <laughs> Oh, let's pray for the church. Next, the ladies of the church have cast off clothing of every kind. Just a couple of more. Next, our ushers. Be on time, everyone. Be on time. I think that's supposed to say seat. Uh, last few, for those of you who have children and don't know it. <laughs> the low self-esteem gathering will be Thursday at 7. This evening at 7 p.m., there'll be a hymn sing in the park across from the church. Bring a blanket. <laughs> sing. Sing. Come prepared to sing. Our ladies' Bible study will be held Thursday at 10 a.m. All ladies are invited to lunch in the fellowship hall. No abbreviations. Final two, Weight Watchers will meet at 7 p.m. at the First Presbyterian Church. <laughs> Finally, the associate pastor unveiled the church's new tithing campaign slogan. <laughs> These are not funny. I want to talk to you in our time together today on the subject. It's about bold faith. Everyone say bold faith. Bold faith. Can we say that again? Bold faith. bold faith. I think if we're going to talk about faith today, it's only fair to ask what is faith? You know, the Bible says to every man is given a measure of faith, but what is faith? How am I supposed to use faith? What does faith even mean in my life? The Bible says the just shall live by faith. Okay, if I want to live by faith, what does that mean? How do I live by faith? Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 1, starts out with that question. What then is faith? So it asks the question, then it gives us the answer. It is what gives assurance to our hopes. It is what gives us conviction. I love that word in this translation. It gives us conviction about things we can't see. In other words, we all can be prone to make decisions and choices based off of what we see. Our bank account, our marriage, our family, our church. And faith is going to tell us 
don't make all of your decisions based only on what you see. Faith kicks in and says, even though I can't see it, I can still believe it. That's bold faith. Everyone say bold faith. John chapter 6 is the one story in the Bible I want to read to you today. It's a story about feeding 5,000 men. Most people believe women and children were there as well, and we'll put the number somewhere around 20 or 30,000 people. Whatever the number is, it's a lot of people, and I want to read the story to you. When Jesus, verse 5, when Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd, a great crowd, he saw them coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him. For he already had in mind. In other words, I'm in Sunday. God's already in Monday. So I'm here looking at my lunch bag. God already sees the miracle. He already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him like you and I probably would. Let me check our bank account. Let me sit with a board or a committee. or Let let me see if we can fund this. Let me see if we can afford it. He says, we would have to work for six months to buy enough bread for everyone to have a bite. Well, you're going to see in the story, this isn't about everyone having just the bite. Everyone's actually going to eat. They're going to get full. There's going to be baskets left. But he goes to, what is this going to cost? Another of his disciples, Andrew Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. He said, here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how? Here... But how? I ask that question all the time. Here, but how? Pastor Justin shared that our population, just over 1,900 people, it's a two-lane farm road, 41 acres that we have bought over time in the middle of nowhere. We're surrounded by corn. Here, but how? Right? You could ask this in Lawrence, Kansas. Here, but how? Maybe you'd look at your own family or your life right now, and you would say, here, but how? And that's a very fair question. I think it's fair for me to ask it. It's fair for you to ask it here. But how? But we're not talking about fair today. Our subject this morning is not fair. Our subject is faith. So it's not about if it's a fair question. It's, is it a faith question? Am I reaching out by faith today? Jesus said, have the people sit down. There's plenty of grass in that place. I love a verse in Psalms that says, God commands the grass to be grown in certain places. It's as if that the Bible is telling us God knew long before this moment that it was going to happen. And he's like, I want lots of grass. I want you to position these people in Lawrence, Kansas. I know they think, I'm just going to college there. I'm going to university there. I'm going to school there. Well, I had to move there for my job. I I know they think that. But God's like, you know what, let's let lots of grass be here because there's going to come a day that 20 or 30,000 people is going to be hungry and a little boy with a lunch bag with five loaves and two fish and I want to make sure they enjoy dinner that day. Let there be lots of grass in that place. Isn't God awesome? Find a couple of verses. There's 5,000 men there. Jesus takes a loaf, gives thanks, distributes. They, They eat, they're full. Uh, they gather up the pieces, verse 13, they have 12 baskets, they have 12 baskets left. This story is about hungry people, hungry people, and it's going to talk about the church's reaction or response to their hunger. 
I think 2,000 plus years later, 2019, it's the exact same thing. We have hungry people, and what is the church going to do about it? So the hunger in 2019 could be I'm hungry for peace. I'm hungry for joy. I'm hungry for real church. Like real. I don't want to go to a place where everyone seems like they're perfect because I'm not perfect. I think people are hungry to say, how do I make marriage work? 60 some percent not working. How do I make my marriage work? You know, the, the dysfunctional relationship with parents and kids I want to be a good parent. Pastor Micah, how, how can I be a good parent? I think in 2019, people are hungry. And what is the church going to do in response to their hunger? You know, when you read the Gospels in this story, it will say in some instances that the disciples, actually some of them said, send them away. It's too much work. We don't want to do tornado relief, right? I, was, I loved yesterday... You know, we just flew in, and, and I loved that 37 or whatever it was. People are out in the sun, some of them, you know, water and coolers and tents and serving and picking up debris and finding things that, that people had lost, and I loved it. You know, I just got here, and I had followed it online and was sending some prayers to Pastor Justin and other of my pastor friends. You know, I'm leaving here and speaking in Topeka, and just, you know, is everything okay? And for me to get here... And the first thing that, that, I, that I'm really hearing is all of the people that are going out to serve your region or your community. The truth of the matter is in 2019, people are hungry and the church will decide what is our response? What's our reaction? Are we going to send people away? Are we going to send college kids and students away? that are like, I don't know what I believe, I'm not sure two plus two equals four, you know, and educationally, they're telling me this, are we going to send them away? Are we going to send millennials away? I read just recently, 89% of men don't want to go to church anymore. Are we going to send men away? Are we going to send these people that are affected by the storm away? Are we going to send away all of these kids when you do the studies on the amount of kids that, that don't have active moms or dads in their life? Are we just going to send them away? Or is Velocity going to step up and say, what's my reaction? What's my response? What can we do? Sit the people down. We are going to do something about it. And it's a great crowd. You know, we're not talking a few people. If you were to tell me today, Micah, can you take two people to lunch? Sure. Micah, could this, this family here, can you take four people? Can you get them? Sure. But we're talking about a great crowd. We're talking about twenty or 30,000 people. What if God was to say to Velocity on a Sunday, I want to give you this region. I want to give you Lawrence, Kansas. I want to do something that is so mind-blowing. I want to do something exceeding and abundant. If he wants to say that to you today, are you even open to the opportunity? Because it's one thing, it's one thing for him, Jesus, to get his hands on the lunch bag. It's one thing for him to bless five loaves and two fish. But all of the disciples at the story would later tell us that they're borderline exhausted and tired because you're seating 20 or 30,000 people, you're distributing the 20 or 30,000 people if you would, you're cleaning up from the tornado and your multi-locations and dream team going everywhere, you're doing outreach and you're doing missional work, are you even open? Even open to the opportunity? 
I want to challenge you today to, to have bold faith. I want to challenge you to take a step, to take the risk, to say, God, I want to, I want to see you do something in this region. I want you to do something in my community. I want you to do something in my college or my school that is so amazing that history would talk about it. That's what happened with this story. It didn't happen because they sent him away. It happened because they were willing to put in the energy, the effort to see God give a miracle. So we talk about bold faith today. You're going to find that in this story, there's really three options. There's let's work six months for a bite, or there's the option of let's take our lunch bag and go home, right? Which a lot of people do. They say 70% of people don't give anything to the church. That's just a general statistic. 70% of people, they're, not give, they're almost like, this is my lunch bag. Peace out, everyone. Five loaves, two fish. See ya. And then we have the basket. Those are the three options in the story, a bite, a bag, and a basket. I would love for you and I to be part of the basket kind of people. Like, what can we do to be part of the basket? As we look at this story, we see that God already has a miracle in mind. I've prayed the last few days, woke up early this morning praying for you again, because I started thinking about, I wonder what the miracle is that you have in mind for Lawrence. I prayed that prayer this morning. I just wonder what the miracle he has in mind. I, 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 wonder, I wonder if it is colleges and universities. I wonder, I, wonder if it's, I wonder if it's expanding to regions that right now you could think there's no way we could reach that far. But, but that's when we don't look at it through the lens of faith. That's our subject today. I wonder what the miracle is that he has in mind for your church. The disciples are drawn to the situation, but Jesus is drawn to the solution. They see what's now. He sees what's next. I heard the story. It's a true story about a church in Philadelphia years ago that they shut down their church, they disbanded, they sold their property, and this is written. I haven't changed it. I just want to read it to you, the exact thing that they had wrote in these closing weeks and months of, of their church. They wrote this, it's not been a good year for our church. We lost 27 members, only three joined, and they were children. The writing went on to say that those three children, they were all nine-year-olds, and they baptized all three of them. Now, here, here is what we're told about the three nine-year-olds. One of them went on to write multiple books. His name is Tony Campolo. One was Dick White, who went on to be a missionary. Another was Bert Newman, a professor of theology at an African seminary. You see, in the moment, you see three nine-year-olds. My little boy's nine. You see three nine-year-olds. You see Micaiah Solomon, my boy, bouncing around in shorts and his hat on backwards. He won't take off that velocity hat they gave him. Uh, he's wore that thing for three days. You see, you see him at nine years old, and we don't know what God is going to do next. You see, right now, 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 you see your marriage now. You see your family now. You see your church now. But you don't really see what's next unless you kick in by faith. The only thing that can allow you and I to see what's next is faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's that futuristic saying, I want you to do great things with my children. I want you to give us this region. God, please anoint our family. Save our marriages. Get people off of addictions and habits. Faith is what kicks in and says, God, I want to believe you for what's next. Otherwise, you and I are only going to see what's now. Don't underestimate what God is doing in Lawrence, Kansas. 
when I was at the airport not long ago, I was in the security line, and you know when they're telling you, take the belt off, take your shoes off, and no liquids over this amount, and take out this. You know, you're almost like walking like, God, what is on this floor? When's the last time they even cleaned it? Like, I hope I don't get like some, anyway. I'm in that line. And as I'm in that line, I hear this conversation behind me of two guys talking, and I was drawn to the one guy's voice. The, the one gentleman is saying, like, what if we do this with our business? What if we try this? What? And then I hear this voice. It's really deep. And, and I was drawn to the voice, but, but his response was two words. Doubt it. I can't even do the voice justice, but he was like, doubt it. <laughs> and so then I hear it again. The, the other guy is saying, well, we could try. And then this guy says again, doubt it. The third time I heard it, this guy says something, and this guy says, doubt it. I have to turn around. I know you shouldn't take pictures. I turn around and I just snap a picture because I want to show my wife how that the dreams, the ideas, the creativity, everything that this guy was sharing at the airport that, that day, this guy was responding, doubt it. And I was so drawn to the conversation because the Bible, when it talks about faith, the Bible says that if you have faith as of a grain of mustard seed and you exercise that faith and you don't doubt, doubt it. Well, I think God could give you Lawrence, Kansas. Doubt it. I think God could give you the, doubt it. I think God could raise up finances, give you accelerated progress, do in a day what should take 10 years. Doubt it. Actually, in this room today with bold faith, I want to challenge you. Begin to remove the doubt it kind of conversations in your mind, in your heart, with people around you. Begin to limit the amount of times that people are able to speak into your life. Doubt it. Have faith and don't doubt. In our final few minutes together, you will see that their first reaction is, how much is it going to cost? Right? They said, well, we'd have to work over six months for a bite. Don't let money stop your miracle. Can we say that together? Don't let money Don't let money stop your miracle. I heard the joke about the burglar that broke into the pastor's home, and the pastor's sound asleep. He breaks the window, the burglar, and enters into the house. The pastor sits up in the bed, and the burglar yells, freeze, don't move. I'm looking for money. The pastor replied, hang on, let me find a flashlight, I'll help you. <laughs> Sometimes when you want to have vision at a church, we, we do the exact same thing that these guys did. How are we going to pay for this? How are we going to fund this? It's one thing to want to feed 20 or 30,000 people. Who's going to pay for it? When you look at this story, I'm reminded of having dinner not long ago with, with a pastor. His name was Brad. And I'd never heard this part of his story, but he started telling me about this big like shopping area. It was like a grocery store thing. And he was telling me a few years back that he had really felt to, to he was drawn to this building, this grocery store and wanted to buy it. And it was 5.8 million or whatever it was. And so we're eating chicken wings at, at uh, this restaurant and it's the two of us and one other person. And he tells me this story. We actually started getting emotional about it, but he tells me this story about 
how he's driving down the road one day because he told the realtor once he found out how much it was, he told the realtor, never mind, that's way out of reach, we can't do that. And he's driving down the road one day and he said he felt the Holy Spirit challenge him and say, you didn't even give me a chance. You didn't even give me a chance. So he gets up that weekend and he told us that he shares with the church, hey guys, there's this grocery store and I know it's way out there and where we're at right now. I told them, probably can't. Almost like Andrew in this story, Andrew's saying here, but how? Pastor Brad was saying the same thing here, but how? He said that week, an older couple reached out to him and said they needed to meet. They met, they met at a breakfast place, said they needed to meet. And his first reaction was, he told me, he thought, he thought that they were actually quitting the church. You know, sometimes as, and I, you know, I went to Bible college in 1990 and, you know, this, this has been years and years and years now of some form of ministry for me. And I can be guilty of that. Someone's like, pastor, we got to have a meeting. And sometimes you're just thinking, what now? Uh, what's going on? And Pastor Brad said he was thinking that way. Like they're either going to say something about the music or something about, and he said he went to breakfast because he didn't even know this family had money. He said he goes to breakfast and this older couple at the breakfast place, I think it was two or two and a half million. I don't remember the exact number. It was a lot. They slid it across the table and they said, we know it's not the whole amount, but after your message on Sunday, we want to give this towards getting started with this grocery store. That's the building they're in. Now they got the building. They got the building. I say it to you today, not, not for you to write a check. I mean, that would be great. But I say it today just to be drawn to that one statement that the Holy Spirit told him driving. You didn't even give me a chance. Baptizing a nine-year-old. Well, we're not doing anything. Baptizing three nine-year-olds. You didn't even give me a chance. 5.8 million or whatever. No, realtor, we're not interested. It's too much. You didn't even give me a chance. I think we do that with people sometimes. People can visit and we can start thinking, well, you know, five years ago, he or two, 10 years ago or two years ago, well, you know, that's the one that got divorced. Well, you know him and you know, and, and some of you, you could do it to your own self. You become your own worst critic. You look in the mirror, you tear yourself down. God couldn't use me. Who's going to want to marry a single mom and three kids? You start talking to yourself like we all can. We, we don't even give God a chance. Here's the reality. Faith is far-fetched. Faith is far-fetched. Can we say that together? Faith. How absurd does it sound? You got a lunch bag coming in today. Just as a reminder of how far-fetched faith can be. How absurd is it to look into this lunch bag and to think that maybe 30,000 people are going to eat out of this? And we're going to have 12 baskets left. Faith is far-fetched. You say, how, how does the miracle happen, Micah? Like, how does this miracle happen? 
I think it happened ultimately because of Jesus, but I think three things play out for the miracle to happen. I think number one, when, when they're ready to send people away, the Bible says that Andrew spoke up. I think that's the first key, is when you have all the people that are saying, doubt it, doubt it, you have to have people that actually stand up and say, no, I think we can. So Velocity needs Andrews. Someone that'll speak up and say, no, I, he says here, but how? It's not even like he has all the answers. It's not like he figured it all out. But he's not going to let a miracle opportunity slip away. And he's like, I, 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 I think we could do something or try something. And he says, here's, here's a lunch bag. The second thing you have besides someone speaking up is you have someone willing to give it. You have this boy willing to give five loaves and two fish. And every one of you have a lunch bag today. Like if I looked inside your lunch bag, there may be some of the best hospitality hosts that Velocity has ever seen. You're not doing it right now. But if I looked inside your lunch bag, it could be like, wow, that's unbelievable. There could be people that you have giftings and talents in this room right now. If I looked in the lunch bag today, see, here's the reality. The basket's in the bag. If I took that basket today and tried to put it inside this bag and ripping it and shredding it, and you're telling me like, you've lost your mind. There's not a basket in the bag. Actually, no, there's a basket in the bag. There's actually 30,000 people and 12 baskets in the bag. Yeah, but I don't see it. I don't have to see it. Faith doesn't have to see it. There's a basket in the bag. Some of your lunch bags today, there's smiles, there's serving, in some of the baskets today, there's finances, there's effort, there's energy. There, there's actually a basket in the bag. I heard the true story about the pastor that stood in front of a church one day and they were, they were go, he was a guest speaker and they had asked him to pray. They needed $580,000. They asked him to pray over the $580,000. And his name was Tony when he got ready to pray, it was in Canada, it was in Toronto. When he got ready to pray for the $580,000, he just felt checked like, don't pray. Don't ask me for something I've already given you. That's what he sensed. Don't ask me for something I've already given you. So he didn't pray. And he told the crowd that. I was gonna pray for what they had requested, but I just really feel like I'm not supposed to pray for it. We already have it in the room. The true story is that people started coming forward and putting money uh, at, at the front of the church and they went over the amount, 580,000. They almost prayed for something that was already there. Like what if today I prayed, like God, just give us something to feed 30,000. God, just provide for the 20,000 people to be fed. And God said, actually, there's lunch bags in the room not even being used. There's lunch bags of effort there's lunch bags of giftings. You, you are part of the miracle. I want to read this story to you that I think is just unbelievable. I, I, I love true stories, even movies. My wife will tell people like, he likes comedy and he likes true stories. I can't help it. I'm drawn to these stories that, I don't know, just go straight to the core of my heart. This is a true story. Her name's Hattie Mae Wyatt. Hattie Mae Wyatt was a little girl who lived in Philadelphia in the late 19th century. Hattie died at a young age and left her life savings of 57 cents. Everyone say 57 cents. 
You want to talk about a lunch bag? 57 cents to Grace Baptist Church so they could build a bigger building for the children's Sunday school. When the church learned of Hattie Mae Wyatt's generous gift, they actually started an entire campaign around her vision. They bought a property that facilitated the kids' ministry and then expanded to Temple College, which then became Temple University, which led to Temple University Hospital. Russell Conwell writes about all of this in the university library. Like sometimes when Hattie May or you, sometimes when we give our 57 cents, we're thinking like, what's 57 cents? What's five loaves and two fish? Like what is it really if I open a door on a Sunday? If I check a child in? Like if I help serve? Like what is 57 cents? But it's not about right now. It's about what God can do with your lunch bag. It's about what God can do with your 57 cents. It's about what God can do with your smile. It's about what God can do with you, nine-year-old, and waters of baptism. See, Craig Rochelle says, and you'll see it on the screen, but Craig Rochelle says this, the decisions you make today will determine the stories you tell tomorrow. I'm not sharing this story with you today because we sent 30,000 people away. I'm not telling you the story because someone worked six months to give someone a bite. I'm telling you the story because someone was willing to give their lunch bag. Someone was willing to have faith. And the miracle came out of that. As you give me the opportunity to pray today, if you would just close your eyes.